This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play Alaris Dream, a half-high-elf bladesinger wizard, scholar of the Weaver's Guild, and a keeper of reflection. My name is Yessi, and I play Grimton Steadyhand, a fighter, paladin of Bahamut, special legionnaire of the Pandominion, and revolutionary in the Red Capes. My name is Steven, and I play Urshan Bethethnosh, a red dragonborn cleric of the Twilight Domain, representative of the EWU, and a part of the Lace Battalion. My name is Sarah, and I play Agnar Elfbreaker, an orc barbarian and the first daughter of the late Jarl, Skold of Indelfilk, killed by the warlord Gleb Headtaker. And this is Advantage. Advantage. Last time in episode 3.3, the new party made a mess. And that's where we will pick up. Explain to the audience what the situation is. Murder! Murder. We just did murder. Okay, be a little bit more descriptive about it. Sarah did murder. Agnar did murder. I was pissed off that these uh, other orcs had spied on our community meeting. Is that what we're calling it? (laughs) And uh, we chased them down, and uh, I executed one and killed the other. And we killed the other in the middle of the road, in front of four fishermen who know who I am. But have sworn their silence. And now there's people coming. A group of yet-to-be-discovered people uh, walking down the road as well. Uh, So we're in a tits situation. These people are getting closer. I think I have a plan. Let me tell you what this spell does. A 10-foot radius, immobile dome of force springs into existence around you and above you and remains stationary for the duration. The spell ends if you leave its area. Nine creatures of medium size or smaller can fit inside this dome with you. It is opaque, and I can command... It is, it is Sorry, it is opaque from the outside, but we can, we can still see out. So I'm going to throw that little dome over the murder we just did uh, and us. Right, well, so, like, anybody walking up is going to see horses and a dome of opaque force. Uh, and probably, with any luck, not mess with it. That's not suspicious. Oh, it'll be suspicious, for sure. There's no way to avoid suspicion. What about the four fishermen? They're sworn to silence. I'm going to I'm gonna watch them, but I'm not going to do anything to them. They just see this dome appear. All right, suddenly, uh, a tiny hut appears around you. A dome of force appears around the four of you, separating yourselves and the remains of Hundred Scar from the outside world. It is dark on the inside, but you can see out. These fishermen, one of them still holding their nose, they look around. You don't hear them, but you see them like mouthing words to each other, and then uh, one of the bald spot is like ushering that, hey, we ought to go. And you see down the road the other way, headed in the same direction as the fisherman, some other people appear. Describe these other people and how many there are. Um, exactly one, and they're blind, walking with a stick. <laughs> Agnar. Uh huh. Who do you know that is blind and walking <laughs> with a cane in Indelfilk? Um, probably one of the elders. 
their name is Svik. 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 Named for one of the OG fighters in Kolgafir. This is Svik the Blind. Svik the Elder, the, yeah. We, we know the title. Yeah. A little on the nose. <laughs> yeah, so Svik uh, is coming up and uh, walking with a cane. My curiosity is is now piqued as uh, the as a, a storyteller. Why why is Svik still around? It, this is a, this is a culture where uh, strength and brutality are honored. So Svik has to have something that is uh, offered as a noteworthy utility. And Urshan, what what stories have you heard from others about what Svik can do? Svik is absolutely the unreasonably powerful, frail-looking old man anime trope. <laughs> um, think Master Roshi. Like, uh, <laughs> like you, you look at him and you're like, that's just some old guy. And then he can whoop upon you. He, he, is, he is the definition of, like, fuck around and find out. Um, and people... People don't find out anymore uh, because they don't they don't try it. He like he looks very robbable, right? Like easy pickings. Even the street types. They know, and it's it's a sort of like way of telling outsiders, like in an area when they're like, "Oh, we're gonna pick on this guy," and everyone's like, "Let's go out," you know, because like he 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 just like will whoop upon you. That stick is a weapon, and it is way heavier than it looks like it is. Like it looks really light because he's just like you know, tippy. He's constantly it just swinging it. <laughs> um, but like, man, if you were, it's like a, it's very uh, to continue with the anime. It's very Rock Lee, like when he takes his like weights off. Um, like Shonen Jump, sue us all of anime. Is Fick drops the cane like it just creators? It's like, <laughs> or like when Goku takes off his unreasonably heavy shirt, um, like that kind of stuff. So Svik, in, instead of using the using the cane in the traditional person who can't see way, blind person sort of way, where it's like rubbing along the the path in front of him. No, he's walked he's walked this path a bajillion times. Bajillion times. He he knows, he knows where he's going, um, and instead he's swinging it out in front of him. I, I don't remember who it was that said that, but like it is it is an aggressive swing in front of him uh-huh. because you know what Svik hates more than anything else? Anything in his way at all whatsoever. Yes, but spider webs. Oh. <laughs> relatable. Highly relatable. Relatable. He doesn't know if there's trees there or not. He hates like, walking into spider webs, yeah. so he's trying to tear him down. Well, Svik is coming up. He has no idea this is an open field. One of these anti-spider web weapon swings hits the dome. Objects are barred from passing through it, so it bounces. We hear a pretty good thump from the inside, you know, like it's it's pretty jarring. We can see out too, right? Yeah, we can see out. Yeah, it's it's opaque from the outside, but transparent from the inside. Yeah, what color is it? To him, black. Well, <laughs> the color of night. You're saying so, like earlier, the fishermen just saw a black dome appear. Over. They just watched a murder. Yeah. They're not about to be asking questions as to why a dome appeared. <laughs> a solid black dome. What happened with well, the stick? Uh, obviously, hits the dome, bounces off. And probably is immediately alarmed because this is not the normal trail. Something should not be here. And I would assume starts like feeling the dome 
Probably maybe like doing some knocking. Does this have a door? No. It's just a sphere. It either it either vanishes when I decide or after eight hours have passed. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is intended for safe long rests. Um but uh, that is not how I am currently using it. In his frustration, Svik yells out at no one in particular. Who in the right mind left a boulder in the middle of the road? Wait till I tell Iron Tusk about this. This needs to be resolved immediately. <laughs> now he's going to the bar. Not anymore. Immediately to tell Iron Tusk. Oh. Resolved immediately. He was going to the bar until oh. there's a damn boulder in his way. This is my normal path. I can't have boulders falling in it. And Iron Tusk will listen because you don't... Svick is respected in the community, yeah. Svick the blind, about faces, and heads south into Indelfilk. I think we need to head out now. How much time we got? <laughs> I mean, he he's, he's walking, and you've got I don't know, 10 minutes until uh, Agnar Urshan, y'all n- know that you are uh, well within the the defendable realm of Indelfilk. Well, that's enough time to hide the body. I would, <laughs> that's a horrifying sentence. Um, I would like to glance around right quick and, and see if anybody else is in danger of seeing us. No. All right. The, dome, the fishermen have passed. Dome drops. Where do we want to put this body? I mean, the woods. Urshan is like seething. Urshan is mad. Um, Pe- people die, right? I mean, it's pretty normal. <laughs> people die. I mean, this is Kolgafir. Aren't we close to a large body of water? Yeah. We are close yeah. to the water. We don't want to dump it in the river. We don't want to dump it's it in the, the ocean. River. But the, the, were the fishermen fishing in the sea? Yeah. Yes. Well, not actively, but... Not anymore. We're like on a peninsula. Oh, okay. So how far away is the sea? It's just like right there. This is where the, the mouth of the River Svik, humorously named. <laughs> it really is that. It really is the River Svik, where the River Svik empties out into the darkest deep. All right, well, yeah, I think we just send hundreds of cars out to sea. All right. I just scoop her up and walk her down to the rank. There you dump 100 scar into the water. There's still a pool of blood left in the mud and the tracks that may perhaps indicate a murder has happened here and the, the, the drip of blood that goes from the site of the incident to the ocean. Let me pull out my spell book again. I'm gonna go have a quick, a quick, uh, a wash. Why exactly is it important that? I mean, here's the thing. I also don't necessarily mind admitting to killing these folks. Yeah. Right. However, I don't know that it's strategically the best thing to start with right now. Even if they don't find the bodies, they're gonna not have these people show back up and report. They're gonna know they're missing, and it's still gonna lead back to you. Yeah. I'm gonna prestidigitate all the area. Cool. Nice, that works for a bit. It says you can instantaneously clean or soil an object no larger than one cubic foot. Oh, so it's, it's not like masking it, it's just cleaning it. Great. Cleaning it. Or soiling it. We're gonna go with cleaning. It takes one action for one foot, so I assume that, you know, after like a minute or so, it's probably cleaned up. Uh, you've still got the issue of Sick the Blind. 
walking back toward Indofilk. Uh, let him go. No, that'll resolve itself. Boulder's gonna be resolved by the time he gets back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'll be fine. Let him go, like... I'm not messing with Svik. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, honestly. We, we might have just started the downfall of Svik, though, like... What's gonna happen? They're gonna come out here and see there's no boulder and go, wow, he's he's finally lost oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Svik's delusional. Svik is losing Svik it. Svik is already old. It's fine. And it, it, there's not gonna be any repercussions for, for Svik. is our quest right now <laughs> like what are we doing <laughs> hey that's part of arc three where i don't give you quests anymore you do it on your own okay so we were hunting down hundred scars we did that that quest line is completed we did that i agree that i don't think we necessarily need to do any more cover-up do we want to ambush iron tusk right here do we he's coming out no that just feels like uh, a bad idea uh, for some reason who all was in our meeting again us and uh, fish belly and Gen the butcher. What's, what's up with the butcher? What's up with what's up with Gin? Like where where where's Gin at? Gin was hesitant about pursuing uh, because yeah. she's also exiled the same way that Agnar is. Gotcha. Another sibling. Do you all have like a place that you're staying? Well, yeah, back near the bar. Stormbreaker, your ship. Alaris and Grimton have been given permanent housing uh, as as long as you need it in a room, kind of its own separate cabin out back of Drekki Drekka. And then Urshan has their own place in Endelfolk. Then how about we just call it a night? <laughs> this is a thing we can technically do. How about we just call it a night and all go to sleep and we'll figure it out in the morning. That's fair. I would like to regain some of my energy faculties. Urshan, who has so far been... Uh, passive in this conversation, mostly just listening and watching. Signs, where are we meeting back tomorrow morning? Drakey Drakehead. And when? 9 a.m. Damn. All right. It's open. <laughs> That's the Drakey Drakehead slogan. <laughs> Drakey Drakehead. It's, it's open. open. <laughs> <laughs> Fish barely stays busy. So I guess, uh, I guess Urshan will begin the path home. Back into town. <laughs> yes. You other three head back toward the Drekki Drekka to find your own residences, either at your bunkhouse or on Stormbreaker. Is my presence here a secret? No. Like, from the government? Yeah. Or from... Just... From people? No. Okay. Uh, I'd like to... You're not hiding out, you know? I'd like to imagine that on my way back to town... I see Svik and Iron Tusk's lackeys. I just give them a little wave as I'm on my way. You know, like nothing happened. How rude. Like, well, like we're passing. It's It would be like, we're going to see each other. It would be rude to not say something. Are you? Well, okay. <laughs> but, but Svik is going <laughs> to... Oh, I'm no. waving. There's more than just Svik there. I'm not just waving at Svik. I'm waving at the people he has drawn out to come look at this big rock, okay? Svik um, also knows that you're there. Svik like, also waves. Yeah, no, Svik can definitely... Svik has, like, Toji has, like, old man anime energy, which means you're never really sure if he's actually blind or not. Like, you're pretty sure. Yeah. But every now and again... For somebody who is blind, he is perceptive. Exactly. Well, yeah, considering you're not, you're not speaking either. Mm -hmm. 
it's hard to communicate, but your presence is known. He could probably hear the clippy clopping of. Oh yeah, you've also got your horse. So he waves, uh, and I wave back pleasantly. Despite. <laughs> so are we cutting to the next morning? Sleep like the dead. It was great. Hey, friends, it's Joe. For the last six years, my dungeon mastering has remained pretty stagnant. Consistent and good, but stagnant. I've written a lot and prepared for sessions that are like six or seven hours long at irregular intervals. Recently, we decided that we should mix that up and try lots of regular short sessions rather than a few critically spaced long hauls. And it's been fun, but I'm not quite used to it yet. It's pushing me out of my comfort zone as a dungeon master, and honestly, I'm grateful for it. Because of the frequency of recording semi-weekly, I don't have enough time to write and prepare as I had when we were recording every six or eight weeks. This process has been fun for me because it requires me to let go of the reins a little bit and to trust the players to do the session's storytelling with me. Writing and prepping on my own, I never would have created a crotchety old man named Elder Svik the Blind. But they came up with that on their own, and our game is better off for it. Personally, I think that this is coming to the players at the perfect time. For the last six years, their experiences of Advantage's stories have not been from the driver's seat. In Arc 1, they told me where they planned to go, and then I helped them get there. In Arc 2, the theme was a distinct lack of control where they were just given quest upon quest upon quest and not given much choice in the matter. In direct contrast, this arc, arc three, is entirely self-driven and assigned to the point where the players are helping me dungeon master by giving descriptions and creating scenarios about the worlds that their characters are living per session. I wanna hear the thoughts that you have on this kind of dungeon mastering. Is this new to you like it is for me? Do you have wisdom to share from your own experiences? Questions about it? Let me know. Go to the Darkmore Podcast Network's Discord channel and tell us what you think about it. There's a link to the channel down in the doobly-doo. In addition to all our other member shows channels, you'll find where we record every first and third Monday of the month. Now, I've got to break some bad news to you. Our longtime supporter and sponsor of the show, Dark Silver Forge, is closing their shop. They've been with us since damn near the beginning and will be sorely missed. The last of their stock is up for sale on Amazon right now. For the last six years, Dark Silver Forge has created stunning zinc alloy die sets, five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic die. You could get yours for 10% off at darksilverforge.com by using the code ADVANTAGEDND, no spaces, all caps. As we don't intend to stop using those dice, I'm sure that it won't be the last time you hear their name. They have been such a generous friend to the show and will be missed as a company to work with. Lastly, I want you to go visit advantagednd.com. It's been rebuilt and you should go check it out. In addition to the invaluable source of Maps of the Cusp, there are also plot summaries of Arcs 1 and 2, character bios, cast bios, links to our store, our Patreon page, and our network page, darkmorepodcast.com. 
I'm Izteth, an elven ranger who's great in a fight, but less so in a conversation. I'm Delilah, exiled princess and warlock to a frosty air. I'm Samuel, humble human cleric searching for answers. I'm Gashburz, tiefling barbarian raised by orcs and ready to rumble. The glorious saviors of Albion, the Cloudwalkers, the Misadventurers, a 5e folklore mystery tour. Find us wherever you can get your podcasts and join in the misadventure. Part of the Darkmoor Podcast Network. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. You are exiting your apartment above some nondescript warehouse of boxes and crates that no one comes in or out of, presumably owned by the same landlord. You are on your way to the Drekki Drekka to meet up with Agnar and those other ones. As you twist the deadbolt and turn to leave, a loud horn blasts through the town of Indelfilk from atop the hill where the longhouse stands. Uh, can somebody give me a good longhouse horn? Yeah, like a that kind of yeah, it's perfect. That was great. You nailed it. Yeah, put some throw some reverb on that, and it'll sound fine. I don't know how to do that, but I'll take it as is. <laughs> uh, Urshan, you know that this is the Jarl summoning the city to address the crowd. What could this be about? <laughs> what could this be about? <laughs> yeah, could could be anything. Could be, you know, the the person found dead uh, on the the pathway there. You d- you did successfully no. get rid of the body oh, right. in the we got in the river the or ocean or whatever the water was. I mean, it could be about the fact that two people didn't come back when they were supposed to. Could be the suspected double homicide. Oh yeah, the the moles. Why would he make a public announcement about that? Yeah, it's probably the arrival of someone important. Could be that. Could be definitely the arrival of somebody important or the uh, leaving of someone important someone important like to to go to war or something or maybe it's the hunt oh so urshan you're the only one in town right now by the way uh the, re- the rest of y'all are already out the drecky Drekka. You're right they're the drecky Drekka. so urshan what w- w- you know what do you do well i'm gonna go investigate as subtly as i can there was a town meeting being called. It'd be pretty sus if I didn't go. The longhouse is ancient and intimidating, erected to bring glory to Groomsh, the creator of the orcs, who brought forth the beings from mud to wage battle and fight their way to glory. Uh, everybody tell us some exterior features about the longhouse that are meant to appeal to the god. What do the people see as they amass below it? Um, there are... Along the outside, a lot of, like, very tall, like, wooden logs that are cut into big, scary spikes all the way around. Oh, the yeah, some, some exterior exterior pike defenses. Yeah. Um, Not like a palisade wall or, like, scarier and more intimidating than that. Yeah, supposed to be scary and intimidating. And along these pikes are shields with, with, like art on them depicting famous grump stories. Yeah. Ooh, such as? Yesy? Such as? What's a good famous grump story? The one that you, you have right on the tip of your tongue, I'm sure. Such as? Such as? The the one uh-huh. where he heroically yep. killed the giant boar and fed all the orcs for the next fortnight or whatever. The giant boar. The same giant boar whose bodies were taken apart. The, when the blood splashed, it, they became 
a herd of 30 to 50 <laughs> feral, feral hogs. Yeah. 30 to 50 feral hogs. Yeah. The primordial boar. The primordial hog. Which was torn asunder by Grumpsh. Which was torn asunder by Grumps to feed, both feed the orcs and protect the cusp from the primordial rage. And that's why the orcs hunt boar in honor of Grumpsh. Man, yes, he did such a good job, and <laughs> it's it is in retrospect in episode three point one we do mention uh, that Fishbelly rescued her sister from uh, thirty to fifty feral hogs. Yeah, clearly a rescuing from the pride boar deal. <laughs> the what? Primordial. Oh, Bordial. A terrible pun is what it is. I would also like to believe that on the longhouse directly overseeing like the kind of courtyard area that I imagine to be right in front of the main entrance um, is a Lord of the Rings two towers style like tower thing with an eye. Um, and I'm imagining this interesting, like because Grimch has one big old eye, right? He's a cyclops. Well, this is true. Well, yeah. that is a cyclops, but, but he like, <laughs> has been like, now. Kind of. um, so this is the this is under the the rage filled gaze. Now this one is not like magical or gigantic. It's it's smaller and ceremonial, but it is like a depiction. It's a, well, it's a torch. So it's got like imagine oh. imagine like it's got the two sides that come up and then like a part in the middle that is clearly the iris and then the flame the path of the flames makes it to where you can still see the iris and the outsides so it looks enough like an eye does this represent the eye that grumps still has or the eye that grumps lost <laughs> Ooh, i'm gonna go with um either depending on the the ceremony and or therefore the color of flame so if it's oh. if it's just like normal it's you know the the good eye and it's him watching over his people um if it's a blue flame it is it is a hotter more rage filled kind of thing i do want to back up and talk about the 30 to 50 feral hogs <laughs> i think that orcs didn't have tusks until that until the tearing until of- grimsh yeah yeah, and then uh, it was the eating of the the flesh of the primordial boar that gave them tusks. Ooh, mm. sounds cool. Uh, but I I was pretty <laughs> yes? sure I thought like one of the people we were in the bar with was the, one of the people that did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tusks are like pretty recent then, uh, all things considered. No, 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 no. Groomsh slayed the the primordial, primordial and oh, then oh, fed the masses, oh, and so because of that, oh. all orc kind. No, is... Fishbelly is not a folk hero. And... That's why I was like, <laughs> well, fi- Fishbelly is a folk hero for different reasons, but not because of this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right so, so all of these de- deadly features lend themselves um to the the terrible title of the longhouse the heap of skulls to reach chernager oh yeah there's um, probably some skulls everywhere too but mostly it's heaps and there at the base of the heap of skulls is Jarl Rook Iron Tusk, who stands a full foot taller than the 13 warriors of his heard behind him. Iron Tusk is smartly dressed in fine woven garments trimmed with furs, with a gleaming Jarl's torque around his neck. 
T-O-R-C, if you want to look it up. Urshan, of course, you know the notorious, terrible, sinister things that have been forced upon many by the power of that torque. Last night, two of my herd were sent to investigate a potential coup organized by my sister, Agnar Skuldsdotter. The pair did not return. Our law keepers remind us that it is a capital offense to kill a member of a leader's herd. It is treasonous. We must either find Hundred Scar and Stranga alive, or find Skull's daughter herself and see if she knows exactly what happened. Iron Tusk, that really hurt my voice. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, you're alright. Like, woo. Uh, get some water. Iron Tusk motions two members of the Heard to bring up a chest. They set it down at his feet, and the Jarl opens it, revealing it to be a full chest of gold and silver. This and another like it are the reward for the successful capture of Skull's daughter alive. She will be dangerous, but the reward will be great. You see a hand dart up from the crowd and it waves back and forth around frantically and says, tell them about the boulder. Tell them about the boulder. Oh. The Jarl size. Elder Sfick the Blind came to the heap of skulls last night and would not leave until he told me directly about what he describes as a giant boulder that has suddenly appeared in the middle of the road going north. The Jarl turns to go back inside the heap of skulls and then Elder Sfick calls out again, Tell them the other part! The Jarl turns around to face the crowd and then puts out his hands to feign drama. So watch out! <laughs> oh my goodness. I already liked Spick as a character, but like he's now my favorite because he's just like an annoying old man. That, he like, like demands attention. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's worth the like a little bit of just giving him what he wants to get him to leave you alone. <laughs> So, Urshan, give me an insight check, please. Which you're trained in. I am trained in. Hey, we we never actually went over, like, what your class is Mm -hmm. on recording, I don't think. Steven, what what, what is Urshan's class? I am a cleric uh, and of the Twilight Domain is the one that that I picked. Um, I expect Urshan to honestly have a lot more like story mechanics, more so than uh, combat mechanics, I guess. Like, I I, built a reasonable cleric following guides that I found online, but I did a couple of things that it said weren't the best, um, but that weren't bad. But I did train an insight for this. I'm gonna be rolling with my my Dark Silver Forge uh, Cthulhu Gold dice set. Where can you get yours? Uh, DarkSilverForge.com. I haven't even actually looked and seen what they have up in like a hot minute. I well, don't know. Roll your insight and I'll do the research for you. <laughs> That's gonna be 26. 
Yeah, with that 26, Jarl Rook Iron Tusk setting down two huge boxes of silver and gold in, in front of the longhouse and suggesting everybody look for and capture Agnar Skuld's daughter alive. Um, well, you know, that makes everybody look for Agnar. A little bit. And there's going to be a heightened awareness there. Urshan, uh, give me a, a perception check, please. I don't imagine that you're trained in this. I'm not, because that's one of Steven's biggest resolutions. Why would I trained. train in the single most useful mechanic in D and D? Disagree. Uh, Fifteen. You spot amongst the crowd four fishermen. One of them is very bruised. He also has no teeth. One of them looks very jaundiced. One of them has a big old bald spot on the top of their head. One of them is called Nails. Quietly backing out and finding the the most like unobtrusive way to leave now. Um, <laughs> I, I I imagine that I I wasn't like all up in it. I was probably kind of at the periphery anyway, um, and so I am taking advantage of that fact and kind of dipping out. Give me a stealth check. Yeah, I thought it was gonna go that way. <laughs> 13 versus my 11 perception. Woo! All right. Yeah. So I am now as unobtrusively as possible making a beeline for my homies uh, at the, the Drecky Drecka. A few minutes later, maybe half an hour, arrives Urshan Bethethnash there at the door of the Trekkie Drekka. Looks like it does on any other Wednesday afternoon. Ah, yes, the cuspal day of Wednesday. Yes, the cuspal day of Wednesday. Do we, do I don't we know have, if we know any of the weekdays we have, of the cusp. We have never talked about the days of the cusp. There's at least a Wednesday. There's <laughs> at least a Wednesday. The days of the week are first day, second day, third day, Wednesday, fifth day, <laughs> sixth day, and seventh day. A couple of usual in there, you know. Damn, early? Yeah. At nine? Yeah, at nine. Are those usuals Alaris Gale Dream and Griffin <laughs> Steady Hand? Fishbelly? They might be. They might be. Fishbelly, <laughs> Agnar Elfbreaker, and Gen the Butcher? The new regulars, as we call ourselves. Whoa, party name. I've heard worse. Rishin, you're late. I sign quickly and in the single hand informal. Y'all are screwed. <laughs> Good morning to you, too. Who's y'all? <laughs> I indicate the entire crowd, but just like spreading my hands out as if to indicate all of you, and then I just point directly at Agnar and explain that the Jarl just put two chests of a large, uh, large enough to not be able to count quickly sum of money on your head. Hmm. Great. So at least 30 silver. <laughs> Say a decent amount, you know? Mm. Boo. I will make that joke for the rest of my life. Can you explain it to new listeners in Arc 3? It's been a running joke. Is it? Does it predate Advantage? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's something that we took from our live sittings. I, I know it's in, in like Arc 1, you know. Yeah, um, it's definitely six years old, at least. I think we asked about the size of something. You know, like, it's a decent size. And then that became like a running, like, oh, there's a decent amount of people, you know, would you say, and so just like... Ambiguous, but plenty. <laughs> um, and I am the stupid diehard that refuses to let it go. Both of those adjectives describe Steven. I don't think I knew that was a running thing that we had been doing. Really? 
It's because it's not. <laughs> it's a running thing that I do. That Steven has been doing. <laughs> care about for no reason at all. I only catch it because I have to listen to the episode like six times. Go back. If you go back and listen, and those You'll people that have recently listened to the whole thing, hopefully they went. <laughs> <You know. laughs> not necessarily as old for them. You know, they've been, they've recently caught up. So anyway, y'all are screwed. Yep. I, I I then sign, do we got any plans? And then just look at Alaris meaningfully. <laughs> you want an ale? <laughs> uh, solid face palm right there. Fish Valley gets up and gets Urshan an ale. All right. So. So. What y'all got? <laughs> we should probably get out of here. Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily. To be clear. I assign the entire town is the low key now trying to come after you. What do you mean, not necessarily? What do I mean, not necessarily? This is Gen, by the way. It's only one of you who's wanted. Yeah. It's only Agnar. Yeah. It's true. Anybody else who would have seen the rest of us with Agnar is dead. Oh, yeah. I, I sign those fishermen were there and. They at least know we committed murder. <laughs> so I bet they'd be able to assume. But the most important person is the person they're after, right? Agnar's the whole reason, like the whole crux of the plan, the whole reason we're doing what we're doing. So it's not like we can just give Agnar up. Like, at least Agnar needs to probably go somewhere. Is there a way to mask Agnar? I guess we do have the hat of disguises. I guess you do have the hat of disguises. Says Gen, taking it for granted that you have the hat of disguises suddenly. We've talked about it already. I remember, but I am reaffirming. It was brought up once yesterday, so I forgive you for forgetting it, but it won't regrow your arm. I don't know if we covered that. We did. I have no idea if that was in recording, but we did cover it. That's what cloaks are for. And we got plenty of allies in town that can help us. Oh, we do? Well, we do, says Gen. <laughs> pointing at Agnar and Fishbelly and herself. Uh, yeah, and then pointing at Urshan and, and like with a questioning, eh? Yeah. I, I didn't know that there were a bunch of allies. Uh, Urshan signs, I don't know if I think that there are enough allies to balance out the amount of people who are probably coming for us, you specifically we don't need to worry about fending all of them off we just need to worry about finding a little girl right that's true what well, oh fang yeah fang yes <laughs> that, that little was, girl that was the plan at one point yes is it is it not still i mean maybe but i feel like a lot has happened since yesterday first things first here's this hat of disguises let's disguise you agnar cool be whoever you want to be. Whoa. Yeah. In your heart. Uh, I transform into the most nondescript generic orc you have ever seen. That is an extremely nondescript orc. <laughs> What's the, fa uh, the, the orcish equivalent of like John Smith? Do you have to be the same type of person could you not turn into like a, no, you could do a dragonborn yeah, or a elf the point here is to not stick out the point is to not be agnar yeah so i could be generic orc bjorn bjornson bjorn orcson they probably know most of the orcs in the area 
This is a pretty secluded town, right? But it's a big-ish town, right? 3K. Yeah. All right. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I think you look great. Very nondescript. So what are we doing in town? Well, we were going to go figure out when the next hunt is. How long do you think it will take them to give up searching and move about with their regular business? Or do you think he'll just go on the hunt anyway and leave everyone else to look for me? That's why we were looking for Feng. Fair. Yeah, let's just go into town and figure it out. Is that really a good idea? Like, into town, the place where all the people who want to kidnap you are? Well, what's another option? Uh, go camp out somewhere and form a plan for taking over the Jarl so that his bounty is, you know, meaningless? I think going into town seems like a fine idea. Urshan just goes and throws up their hands like, all right, we got to go to town eventually. Smash cut, you're on the road. Here's some people that we can look for while we are in town so we don't just have to walk straight in and then straight from the gates to the longhouse because, frankly, that would be suspicious. We can check in with the smith, Okra which also means that we could get some weapons if needed. We could go see Nyal, the wooler, if we need some more clothes. I don't know what that would do, but um, they're great, so we could just go say hi. We could go uh, talk to Ulfhild, uh, our shipwright. That would be a good escape plan. I'm sure he's got something we can borrow. But yeah, we can't take the... Obviously, we're walking there. We can't take the boat there. But um, that could be a good quick escape. We could go by the river get out real quick uh let's not go straight into the longhouse uh let's make some stops along the way um also how are we going to show up into town without like with an elf and a dwarf you say walking on the road toward the city yeah do we have a plan for that sure it can't be that suspicious like surely it happens every now and then it does but make sure you have a good story Alaris is somebody who's half elf whose lineage in some way uh, some arcane ancient way traces back to Corallon who literally once stood before the god and heard them speak of the painful religio-historical tensions between orcs and elves and who's almost certainly extremely aware that there is a member of your current party named Agnar Elfbreaker, mm-hmm. you feel very seen upon hearing that. Uh, how do you plan on hiding yourself? I wasn't going to worry about it. <laughs> it is what it is. I, I feel like I can defend myself. So, you know, we're here. Alara said I'm going to let the hands do the talking. Sounds like a great way to get more bounty on your head. Yeah, but the long hair covers the ears and the beard. and You begin talking out loud to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Trying to self-justify. Grimton, you are military-minded. Tell me about the exterior of the city as uh, you walk up. Does Indelfilk meld into the land around it slowly? Are there walls and steep defenses? Is there a moat? I don't know. No, uh, so it it's kind of a gradient. You see uh, a hut, a house here and there, and eventually it becomes a little more um, dense, densely populated. No real walls or defenses because these 
people are conquerors, they're not the ones to be conquered. So they don't see what they should be protecting themselves from necessarily. They consider themselves the ultimate aggressor. Yeah. They are not worried about invasion. They're not. For they are the invaders. And also, like, the ocean is a pretty good defense, so... Yeah. <laughs> Hard to cross those things. Agnar, you've officially been exiled from the city, though graciously uh, allowed to live outside of Indelfilk like the town proper. Tell me about the guards around Indelfilk. Uh, what are you watching out for? Well, the good news about the guards is that they are generally younger folks that are in training. They're not as wary. They're not as battle-worn. They don't necessarily know what to look out for. So that's good. However, uh, we just don't really want to catch their attention at all. Like, we want them to continue going about their business of being bored, walking around, keeping a lookout. Yeah, if anyone should do the talking, it's probably Urshan, because they've seen Urshan moving about the community a lot and don't necessarily know that he's involved with, with me yet. Two things. One, as you say these things and uh, point out and, and are warning your companions that the, the guards are normally like younger and we want them to be bored, etc. You notice that like since the last time you were in town, the guards have been changed out. Like you see fewer steel blades and metal armor. Uh, you see more wooden great clubs and stone war hammers, fewer guards and all. These seem younger even still than you had expected before and leaner than you might have expected. You know, I'm not gonna make you roll an insight for this. I think, Agnar, you're you're just this aware of the political realm of uh, the, the city at the moment. The Filks professional standing army has been mobilized to join the Kooning, which leaves the city guards as greener, younger draftees to fill their place, and only the Jarl would still be surrounded by these hardened warriors and his heard. Your past crew, the one on Stormbreaker, they would have all been mobilized by now, for sure. That was the first of the two things. The second thing is that you said that Urshan should do the talk. <laughs> I, well, so I still think I should. I'm here for it. No, I have a, I have a question, and this, this may be a bit of a slightly deeper philosophical question about the cusp. In the United States of, of America in the year of our Lord 2023, there's a degree of like rampant homophobia. There is this sort of culture of heteronormativity. Is anything like that present either generally on the cusp or specifically within this cult, like where we are right now, where there's a sort of expected and almost like aggressive heteronormativity? No. Or generally throughout the cusp, is it like, you know, pretty much didn't really care? Generally, it's pretty open. Uh, in, in fact, Urshan, you have direct experiences as uh, a worker in the Lace Battalion who's made connections within the Jarl's circles of concubines, you know that the Jarl keeps concubines of all genders. That's true. Know? That's true. That's true. Okay. That's what I thought, but I wanted to have a framework with, with which to go from. In, in history, you know, it's always been okay to be gay if you have enough money. But like sure. As long as it's kept on the, on the DL for the most part. But that's not even a secret. You know, it's here. There's no like stigma to, to anything like that. Like, right. okay. Follow up question. So we could definitely just not go near these guards and get into town on like the side of town. Well, yeah, especially cause they're pretty thin. 
I turn to Agnar here and sign, while I am absolutely comfortable doing the talking here, I think we could also just like go over there and come into town unnoticed. So where are you headed, friends? Yeah, we're going into town, but like into town to what end? Would this be described as a city? This is like where the Yarrow lives, right? Yeah. So like this isn't just like, you know, a couple hovels and you know, no. like this is like, like this is like industrious and it was still a lot of like log yard houses. Well, sure. But I, I imagine that like, you know, m- uh, main roadways in the town are either like packed earth with some like cobblestone or like just full on stone. Definitely. Yeah. All the architecture is like solid. Nothing looks like super slapdash. There is probably, you know, poorer areas where where there's homes in somewhat disrepair. But like, I mean, we're we're straight up just in like a Skyrim town where everything is looking good. So again, I ask, where are you headed? The Smith. It's not a bad idea to have people to have our back while we're in here. Do you trust all these people with your life? Yes. All right. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> That's all there is to that. All right. Y'all are going to go see Okra Bjorn's daughter. Where is Okra Bjorn's daughter? Where in the city? I would assume that it would be in the business district of town. Okay. So this in is a more industrial area. Yes. The marketplace, if you will. Oh, where, a market area. Okay. Yeah. Great. The market area where all of the buying and trading and whatnot of goods is done, such as, you know, weapons and armor of a blacksmith. Plus, plus the other things that are not weapons and armor, like horseshoes. Those can be weapons and armor. It's about effort. <laughs> Which tells me that Okra Bjorn's daughter and her shop is a commercial, like a consumer sort of thing rather than a like large scale industry. Yeah. Yeah, they probably do a lot of individual jobs, you know, like commissions, that kind of thing. Your local blacksmith. It's more specialty work. Not your Yeah, not your corporate blacksmith. blacksmith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agnar, in the past, you, Gin, and everybody else of your orcish generation, y'all grew up with Okra throughout your life. Okra has always been willing to sell her own wares at 10% of cost. 10% of cost? I'm like, geez. Above cost. 10% yeah. above cost. Wow, what a good deal. She's also riddled with connections regarding this sort of stuff and could get you basically any tool you need with enough time. Yep. That's pretty sick, man. That's a homie. According to her, four fools just ran up on her, walked up into, into her shop, and she recognizes none of you. That is true. Because <laughs> she doesn't recognize Agnar. How can I help you? <laughs> hey, it's me. Do I know you? How do I take this thing off? Do I just take off the hat? You say it out loud to the dwarf? Just take your hat off, yeah. I make sure that nobody is, um, nobody else is around, uh, and then I take off the hat. It's me. Oh, shit. Do you know how big of a bounty you have on your head right now? You idiot. What are you doing here? We kind of have a plan. Come to the back. Come to the back. Come to the back. Urshan takes this moment to, like, put the hat back on. All of you, come to the back. I am putting the hat back on. Yeah. Get in. Get in here. Okra, like, quickly opens the shop door, uh, flips it to close, and shuts the windows. And you are safe in a 
small like storage room. I thought we were already in the yeah, shop I when she we took the hat off. Just for the record, oh, I, I, I picture I pictured it to be like an outdoor because it's a it's smith. A, it's a oh, smith. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, Agnar, you fool! <laughs> Sorry for the lack of clarity. What are you doing here? We're trying to find my sister so we can figure out when the next hunt is, so we can finally uh, get revenge on my brother. He went in? Gin's also exiled. Why would Gin know when the hunt Not is? Not that sister. Our little sister. What's... Oh, shit. What's her name? Uzak. Oh, shit. She's a short one. Yeah, Fang. Oh, that's a good plan of any. Okay, so you're trying to talk to her about a hunt? Once all of this blows over, which I'm sure it will blow over very quickly... I'm surprised you weren't accosted coming in here. I mean, there's no guards. Well, you got a point there. But... Everybody in town is looking for you. Well, I don't look like me. You're, you're a fool. You're a brave fool, but a fool nonetheless. What are you doing here? Here, I, I mean, in the shop. We just need a place to retreat back to if things go wrong. Anything else we need, guys? <laughs> you're, you're looking around at the walls. Beautiful pieces. Anything that you... Could need. These three are obviously with you. We don't necessarily need to look flashy right now. Do you guys need any uh, amazing weapons that we can buy? No, I think I'm okay. I think they're okay. I feel like Joe's trying to give us an opportunity, but I'm also like got wooden sticks and I'm like generally pretty happy with them. Yeah, I am feeling similar. Uh... <laughs> Come on, Blade Singer, do you need anything? <laughs> <laughs> Elfbreaker. Yes? Yes, you don't look like you with your hat on, which is great. I am concerned that you're running around with three people who are very suspicious looking. Whoa, what makes you suspicious looking? Oh, you're an elf, and you're a dwarf, and you're a dragonborn. Yeah, we're just Urshan's uh, friends from out of town. Coming to visit. I hope you don't have to explain that to anybody. Here's my key. She has a spare key that's ab ab above her door, like on, on the trim. And she tosses it to you and she like clearly motions to the back door of the shop that you could act, uh, enter and exit from. Really? Urshan signs. Also, can you just like kind of sort of keep an ear to the ground and let us know anything you hear about any of this? Well, not about the bounty in particular, but here's something. I've got so much work to do in that I've been commissioned to make 4,000 axes for Headtaker. That's a lot of axes. Almost half have been delivered and paid for. Stock is being slowly shipped out of a warehouse to uh, Underfjall. Are these like great axes? Hand axes, great axes, battle axes, some bearded. So it's at least 2,000 people, uh, even if they were dual wielding. Uh, and I still need to make more. Right now I'm waiting on a shipment of coal to be brought in from Fragment. Where are you sh you shipping them to? To Underfjall. Okay, Urshan nods. I got everything paid for already. You know, what with it being a government check? Here's a little hint for you. I'm expecting that ship from Fragment, the coal. It's some merchant out of uh, Black Sands, the doll. The ship's called the Anthem. Cool name. You could sink the Anthem. 
Oh. Mm. Yeah, we could just intercept it. Stop the coal. Or at least figure out, I mean, put it on hold for a while. When is that shipment supposed to arrive? Two days-ish. I don't know what's going on on their end, but I expect, like, by the end of the week. And it is already Wednesday. You know, you know, Wednesday, the, like, fifth day of the week or whatever it was. (laughs) Wait, so when, sorry, when did you say you are expecting it? Two days from today. Ish. Getting ourselves out of town for a few days while things calm down might not be a bad idea. And if we can get a bonus of hurting the production of stuff. The supply chain. Maybe it's two birds with one stone type of thing. I wonder if we can get in contact with those pirates. So wait, did you say, okay, so Urshan turns to to Alaris and signs pirates? Okra looks at you and says, pirates? Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Uh, I also have a, I also have a whole boat. Are you gonna hit up Nyal while you're in town? Who's that? Uh, that's our tailor. Uh, yes, I. That was the that was the plan. Yes, especially considering they're right around the corner. <laughs> especially considering that our building and their building joins. I'm literally connected. The door is right there. They're literally connected. It's right there. Honestly, it'd be disrespectful not to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of rude. Does not go through that door right there. Uh, there's somebody walking up. There's somebody walking up to the door. Uh, exit out the front or exit out the back? We will exit out the back. Uh, through the door. The back. There are two doors, but Okra walks out the front to go greet them and uh, begins, like, picking up the blade that was heating in the furnace and whatever and goes back to work. Yep, and we're gone. Bye. This show would not be possible without the generous financial backing of our Patreon supporters. Today's episode is brought to you by Adam Guta, Brian, Chris Kimball, Dan Bauer, Daniel Tan, Lena Nabulsi, Lucia, Mark Williams, Michael Callahan, Ryan, Thor, and Yona. Thank each and every one of you. We would not be able to share this story with the world without your help. Music in this show was written and performed by our friends Blake Bost and Orman Audio. Our logo and extensive maps on the website were done by Daniel Grayling. Emmeline Kelly drew our character art, and our website was built by Labor of Love Graphics. Our role-playing system is 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, published by Wizards of the Coast, who we hope will keep the focus of the game on community over profit. Alaris Dream was played by Zach Weaver. Jesse Lemus played Grimton Steadyhand. Agnar Elfbreaker was played by Sarah Zimmerman, and Earthen Bethethnosh was played by Stephen Sivils. I'm the Dungeon Master, Joe Love. Thank you, friends. The horses have been implicated in the murder. Murder horses. <laughs> they were waiting for orc Jesus to come along and make them fishers of men. Fishers of orcs. Boo. Sorry, fishers of orcs. One of one of those fishermen was named Simon. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> long, but you know. Yeah. Orc Jesus. Orc Jesus. Orcus. Orc. Oh no! It's okay. I heard he's real easy. To fight. Yeah, but then he comes back three days later. <laughs>
Are you sure? That makes way more sense than what I was about to do. <laughs> I have a spell called Hallow. Oh, are you like consecrate the ground? <laughs> uh, you can make it have like an effect. Uh, <laughs> like when people walk through this area. Wow, this is a really meaningful and powerful spot. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It was going to always make people go, you know, like aggressively turn around like you just immediately feel like something is watching you so you never look down <laughs> hilarious <laughs> but I am not going to do that it's 5th level spell and I'm not wasting it zombie apocalypse or not the Drekki Drekka is open we're it's open, open. <laughs> Like, well, like, Grits, for instance, sounds like a good... But, like, it isn't Grits. It's it's definitely its own thing. And uh, you're, you're mispronouncing it. Can you do a cleaner take where you add the correct amount of syllables into that word? Grits. 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 Listen, growing up in the American South means that you have a proficient ability to add syllables where they don't belong and take them away where they should be. Um, also, adding apostrophes to words to smash them together, like yaldiv. I was explaining yaldiv to somebody the other day. They couldn't believe it was a real word, and I was it's, like... It's such a good word for our foreign listeners. I don't know, figure it out. You all would have. You all would have. Y you all would have. Yaldiv? Yaldiv? Yaldiv been there on time if yaldiv left the house at three. Give me a streetwise check. <laughs> roll for breakdance. Roll for breakdance. Base roll is 14. That's a pretty good breakdance. Wait, streetwise is not a skill. Streetwise is a four-year skill. <laughs> but I can't believe that I fooled you on that for after... Well, for second, I, I knew what I was doing, Yeah. Uh, and I, but I can't believe I got you after six years. Yeah. Listen, I still think... There, there's a couple of things I think about in 4E, like an endurance check. Instead of contesting AC, will contests like, like will yeah, and reflex and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think that the, like saving throws mechanically are better than having a standing thing, but I don't I'm know. here for saving throws. It took me a while to get used to. Anyway. <laughs> I'm looking at this Pinterest board and there's some scary monsters in Colgafir. Scary things in here for sure. Yeah. Is this something that like everybody has access to, or is it just people? Who yeah, you can just type public. advantage D and D Pinterest, and you'll find it. Fun fact for all you listeners. Yeah, like this like giant sword beast. Oh sword yeah, I'm thing. looking at that too. Damn, that is so cool. Sword beast is scary. No wait, okay, the sword beast. That's the one with all the swords going through it. That's not the one I'm talking about. No, I'm looking at the one with the axe thingy. The what? The axe, the I'm axe looking, thingy. I'm looking at the guy that's like, you know, solidly deific proportions with a huge, huge sword stuck into the ground, leaned over. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Dark Souls boss, you know. Man, there's so much fun stuff on this Pinterest board. Did I miss the sword? Our, I love our Pinterest. Our Pinterest is so much fun to do. Uh, by the way, I can give you all the passwords and stuff if you want to just like totally... <laughs> Look at all these cute orcish people. Orcish people are babes. Yeah, well, there's this one scary guy with a couple arrows, but like, generally. I think we're going to get lunch at the local Brogans. <laughs> Wait, no, hold on. Isn't, 
Where did we see a Brogans before? It was in the... In, in the Springwood. Why the hell was there a Brogans in the Springwood? Because you are terrible name generators. <laughs> I am actually 100% here for there being a Brogans where there shouldn't be, just like there is a Logan's Roadhouse literally everywhere. But what I want to know is, from where does this chain originate? <laughs> because I feel like... That's an important, like, sociological question to the ubiquity of this restaurant. What is what is the Texas of the pandemic or the the cuss? What is the Texas of the cuss? It actually started in the triumph. Dang. In triumph. Interesting. Canonical. Yeah. Hmm. In triumph. Because desert. I get it. That's that's Texan. So, all right. Where is the cuspal headquarters of Brogan's? Triumph. It's so it's it's like there still. Like that might be where it started. It's actually a really big deal to eat at the Triumph Brogan's. Yeah, because you have to get um, to Triumph. <laughs> I'm gonna tuck that away in my in my noggin there for for later use. So, for new listeners, can we explain Brogan's Toad House? Uh, it's it's an eatery. <laughs> it's a fine dining establishment. The finest. Brogan's Toad House is us um, being bad at naming committing to the bit and having uh, zach did you work at logan's too i know i, I did i have not worked at logan's oh, okay. just you chris my you, wife chris yeah. yeah oh aaron did oh i forgot about that yeah it's just a terrible place to work um and like an average at best place to eat um so like no you needed a place to go and so you decided to go to a place called brogan's yeah that's true that's exactly what happened toad house because you can't have a road house that would be a two on the nose oh yeah sorry brogan's toad house yeah which makes it which gives you a lot of fauna no yeah fauna questions about the toads of triumph at the singular oasis in triumph because these babies got to be huge for it to be, be like in the name an edible question to that does the headquarters export sand frogs or um do they use like local frogs for oh every every brogan's has its own frog themed toad yes frog or toad themed dishes sourced locally but i do think that it's very fun to have uh wild herds of toad boys and toad girls and toad folk roaming the sands, driving these these herds of toads away from Oasis and to their final destinations. Yeah, because um, yeah. toads definitely exist in herd format. Right. Thing. But and 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 there's obviously still like every Brogans has certain items that are everywhere like you know you got the the rolls those are always there oh, yeah. Pe- the peanuts that you can, the peanuts that you can throw on the floor, floor. Yeah. yeah man see if we would just put half this much brain power into not shit posting like we'd be, <laughs> we'd be really good uh joe will like ask us detailed questions about this the actual world and we're like i don't know uh, uh it's green i guess you know and then, <laughs> and then and then we come up with something dumb like this and like give you that description you can commit to a bit and i like it i don't want to slow you down with that if nothing else like keeping this momentum going in a goof is just practice for making it happen in serious gameplay right when we describe the town of indelfilk which you are in currently go on it's very townly God damn it! <laughs> <laughs>